Hey, what is happening, everybody? It is a Monday, November 21st, and uh, welcome to the show. Fantastic weather here today in Los Angeles. It's been beautiful all weekend. Did a lot of shows. Did three on Saturday. Comedy Store and the Laugh Factory. Did a couple on Friday. Just been grinding out there. It's been nice to be home for a couple weeks now from the Marcus King Tour. Speaking of that, my guest today, continuing with the Marcus King Diary, last week I had Jason Roberts on the tour bus driver, and thank you for all the kind words on that episode. I enjoyed it. I knew you guys would. It's always cool to have a behind-the-scenes look at the touring life of uh, musicians and the people that work and keep that machine going. So thank you for digging in on that. Today is the second guitar player in the Marcus King Band, Drew Smithers. Now, Marcus, for years, was the only guitar player in the band, and then he put out Youngblood, which is his incredible uh, newest record that's very heavily rock and roll influenced. And, you know, instead of the uh, kind of R&B soul rock, this one's more three-piece punch-in-the-face rock and roll. And I guess he decided... Uh, I know he decided, I don't know, but, you know, he wanted to have a second guitar player, and he was talking to Drew about working together for years, and it finally came together, and i tell you what, man, it is a perfect combination of the two players, and now we just have what I would, you know, think to be one of the greatest touring rock and roll bands out there. You are not going to see something at this level i mean it's 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 very special it's up there with uh to me the southern harmony amorica era black crows it's up there with the classic almond brothers lineup it's it's that good in my mind and uh and that is no bullshit and I got to say, it is, uh, as I listened back to editing this podcast last night, I was doing it, it just, uh, I kind of teared up a little bit because these guys, we were all thrown together on this tour and we became this incredible family and we bonded like crazy. And on this Thanksgiving week, it really, uh, it really, it means a lot to me that I was part of this tour and this family that Marcus has put together. And, and I, I'm, I'm still blown away. I'm still taking it all in. It's been a few weeks and I'm just, I'm glad I've got these recordings, these podcasts, because I listen to them and I go, like this one, I recorded it like 10 days into the tour and I was listening to it and going, oh my God. That's so cool. We were there. Oh, this was happening. It's just, uh, it's going to take a long time for all the memories to roll through my brain and just be like, oh, wow. What, what, a, what an epic tour. And what a great guy Drew is and a fantastic player. Oh, my God. These, these players are, let me tell you, I put together bands in my lifetime you put the fucking ads out on the telephone poles and the music stores and the 
the publications looking for a guitar player with pro attitude and pro gear. Uh, must look good. Long hair a must. <laughs> These are the old ads. Uh, you know, it, it, you put the ads out. This is how it used to go. And then you'd be like, audition on uh, Saturday. And like five guys would come down. And, and let's be honest, you kind of knew all the people in your town that played. But you were just hoping there'd be some crown jewel that would show up that nobody knew and that would happen once in a while but that's just one guy in your band you need three or four or five and uh it is fucking impossible so when i look at marcus band i'm just like god he's he's you know that they're no there's that was another thing in the ad no old dudes <laughs> Holy shit, were we ages. It's coming back to me now, right? You know? Hey, what about me? I, I, I should have a special. You're 56. Move on, dad. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's great to see this uh, band that he has and the guys. It just, it's, just, it's, it's a unit, man. I'm rambling on, but it, it's just because I got all these feelings and it, and it was just such a special time in my life. It was hard. It was grueling. It was fun. It was electric. It was all of the senses. Sometimes there was shitty food. Pizza had to be ate once in a while, which is a no-no for me. But hey, you gotta fucking survive. <laughs> I love you, Drew. Thank you for doing the show. A lot of great Almond Brothers talk on this, too, which... uh just always fires up my love for the Alma Brothers. I've talked about it over the 11 years on the podcast. Alma Brothers, one of the greatest bands of all time. Unbelievable. Crazy magic. Super original. Smoking group. A lot of them are gone. Dickie's still alive. And, uh, man, I'm just so glad that we have... Those records, that Fillmore East, you're not going to beat that Fillmore East record. You put it on, and it is just such a masterpiece. Uh, shows this week, all week, I'll be on all over town. Um, if you have family in town, come down to the comedy store and enjoy some comedy. I'll be there. I uh, will be in Philly December, the first weekend in December, headline is Soul Joel's. Please get tickets. I don't know when I'll be back in Philly. Uh, you know, don't, don't hit me with the gotta catch you next time. Nah, you fucking go this time. <laughs> you hear me? Jackie, you hear me, Jackie? Anyway, uh, Soul Joel's. And then um, Grand Comedy Club, December 16th, 17th in San Diego. Bill Burr dates, December 8, 9, and 10. I'll be out in Boise, Salt Lake City in Colorado. And what else we got? That looks about it right now. This episode is sponsored by my fantastic 
sponsor Migos Dog. You got an animal, you got a dog that you love, feed it the finest food. Human grade, all clean and natural. Migos Dog. MigosDog.com, they deliver all over Los Angeles now. They do delivery. And uh, if you live in California, check them out at all the Airwans or uh, healthy spots. Migos Dog on Instagram and MigosDog.com. They got toppers to put on to your uh, existing food, whatever. Feed your dog clean food so you have your dog a long, long time. You don't want to lose your dog over ghetto food. You know what I'm saying? Give yourself diabetes, fine, but don't give your dog diabetes. Keep them slim and trim, exercise them, and they'll live a long time. They'll live longer than you, probably. You Big Mac-eating crazy man. <laughs> Migos dog. I'm out of my mind today. I'm feeling okay. I, I just, I feel good. I've worked a lot this weekend. That's all I want to do is stand-up comedy, and when I get to do a lot of it, it, it makes me feel fantastic. I miss you, Marcus, if you're listening. And I miss you, Marcus King Band, all of you. And um, let's keep the candles lit out there, huh? Uh, one last thing. Patreoners. New Patreoners in the house. Brian Spink and Quiet the Horses. Thank you for joining up. Patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey. There will be a Zoom Fest tonight, I guarantee it. And there will be a bonus episode where I'm talking about, uh, what am I talking about? Some G&R live at the Ritz. I'm talking about ACDC, those about to rock era tour. The new Porsche and Prius and Kia's, the auto show, all of that stuff. Tune in to the bonus episode. I love all of you. Here we go. Drew Smithers. All right, here we are. Another episode of Let to Be Talk. I've decided to do a kind of uh, a Marcus King tour diary and interview each member of the Marcus King band. I thought, fuck, what better way to do it than why we're out here and uh, living it for this 34-date tour. And today is going to be Drew Smithers, the uh, newest member, I think, maybe, of the Marcus King band and a second guitar player which they never had as I was uh, watching the band coming up. So how are yeah, you, bud? Good. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Now, I had uh, Marcus on. Um, well, I've had Marcus on yeah, multiple times, but the last time he was on, we were talking about the addition of a second guitar player. And he's like, well, Drew and I had been talking years about playing together, but you were in a band called Bishop Gun. Right. and and that kind of uh, fell apart, and now here you are. And it really is a uh, a cool addition to the band, I think. Well, thanks, man. I, I mean, me and, yeah, me and Marcus have been talking about it for... We've known each other. We first met in 2015, 2016, around there at Carter Vintage Guitars. You selling, were working there? Selling guitars, and uh, you never knew who was going to come in, but Marcus and the band came in, and we hit it off, and... He was like, hey, we're playing Third and Lindsley tonight. You should come out. And he gave me a vinyl and a lighter. And uh, yeah, me and my wife came out. We loved the band. And yeah, then down the road, the band I was in, Bishop Gunn, opened for him on a, it was probably a, you know, six-week 
tour or whatever and uh <laughs> my favorite part of the night was playing with this band sitting in and and jamming man so um and then me and marcus have done some other things together we're on the same bill at the capricorn revival where in macon georgia where they opened up the studio and there's a big me and marcus got to play with taj mahal we got to play statesboro blues and taj mahal pretty cool yeah, yeah hell yeah so anyway uh yeah new year's eve was uh the first uh show with this new lineup and i've been on since now you're uh i met your dad and uh, your mom and your dad at new york we were at the uh one of the one and crown only. jewels of uh touring that's right is the beacon theater and it was my first time doing it and it was your first time doing it right that's right i've, I've seen many a show there i mean me and my dad are trying to count probably i've probably been there 70 ish times to see wow. the allman brothers yeah yeah you know yeah my first show is march 12 2005 remember the date and uh i was like man i gotta do that I yeah play guitar how old were you then i was 16 yeah so how old are you now 33 33 i mean it's it's a great story it's your mom and dad's first date is at a dead concert That's at right. uh msg msg yep. you're so born in, in san francisco a lot of grateful dead in your blood That's right. bob weir said i was in it in the womb yeah <laughs> yeah 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 right and at what point you're you're at a young age obviously your dad mom and dad are dead heads and they're playing music around the house at what point yep. does it kind of connect with you of like oh wow i want to play guitar not drums not singing or whatever how does this right. all happen well i mean yeah there's a lot of music in the house just like my dad's vinyl collection which i now have most of it some of it he's still holding on to yeah <laughs> but uh Anyway, there's a lot of music in the house. I didn't didn't play music, so that was um, I wasn't brought up with a guitar around the house or anything like that. Like um, Marcus, right? Um, but they were music lovers, and for me, I'm a fan first, man. So um, I, I love playing, but you know, I didn't get into it until I saw the Brothers. Really? March 12, so 2005. So it's was, the Beacon. You're the there, beacon. and yep. what was the lineup then? It was Derek Trucks and Warren Haynes and. O'Teal and you know Butch and JMO and Greg and um, me and my dad he'd take me to go see like six they'd play like 15 nights yeah you know it was like March Madness yeah yeah Beacon. yeah um, so we'd go to a few and uh, that's when the love of you know slide guitar for me that's what I started playing with slide right and um, so that's when it really started I notice even when you are playing not slide, you do do kind of the Dwayne right hand picking style and everything. Mm -hmm. Was that uh, like you, was that like no pick or what's going on? There? Yeah, just that's when I how I started to learn was with slide no pick. So when I was playing without a slide, I'd still not pick up the pick, you know. And you got five picks right here, man. I don't know. It's it's a little more natural to me. Right. Right. That was one thing I always noticed about Dwayne was, you know, yeah. it, and it just seems so effortless how he is doing it. Well, with slide two, you got, there's a lot of muting involved, you know, because if you're not in open tuning or whatever, it's, there's a lot of unsympathetic right. noises that come with a, a glass bottle hitting strings. And uh, so you got to do a lot of muting with your right hand, especially for me, at least. And, um, so, yeah, it was just always playing without a pick. But you play with I, a pick? 
I do play with a pick because I'm I'm not a, a good player. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> well, I wish I could. I just it's just not natural for me. So when you are playing slide, you are not in open tuning, obviously. Like in Marcus, you know. Sure. Like, yeah. Well, there's a few different tunings, but yeah, sometimes I'll. A lot of the time, I'm in standard and playing slide. So. Yeah, and was Dwayne? I, I never really thought about that. Was he in open tuning, or was he in standard? He was in open tunings for Statesboro Blues and Done Somebody Wrong and Don't Keep Me Wondering and all that. But right, he was also doing. He was playing standard uh, slide on Mountain Jam and Dreams. So he was doing both too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that's funny to think about that. I never even thought about that because. It's funny, like to me, I think like, ah, oh, man, I could play slide. You get into that open tuning, and you're just like, wow, 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 wow. That's all you gotta do. You just That's slide right. up it. Wah, wah. You yeah, find you, the spot. Yeah, you can't really go wrong. You know, you can just yeah. slide up to the pitch or whatever, yeah. and it's a major chord. If you're playing in a in a minor tuning, it might be a little different. <laughs> it's kind of like those uh, early 2000 metal bands where they just played an open tuning. You ever see them? Yeah. And they're just playing one long finger bar chord? Man. Yeah. Isn't that weird? They're playing the blues, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they are. <laughs> blues. That's a trip, man. Yeah, Let's man. See, well, the first time I saw that, I was like, hey, these guys aren't playing any chords or anything. They're just barring. <laughs> they're, and they're right. like, oh, well, they're just in right. an open tune or tuning, you know? I like it, man. I do. First guitar, what do you get? I had a Silvertone amp and case model. Oh, yeah, uh, the amp and case. So it had, you know, you could put the guitar in the amp, and uh, you could also plug the case into the wall. <laughs> it was, it was an yeah. Amp. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, um, I wish I still had it. I sold it for uh, when I was living in Chicago for to make rent one month. Yeah. And I regret Ooh. it. Regret There's it. nothing dirtier than the rent guitar sale right because right. it's just like oh i got 30 more days in the house because i sold, sold what i love right. right i dude i call them parachutes on the show That's here good where That's you're good. looking around the house and you're like well rent's due right that what, what rent's go? tuners out of here well even working at the guitar shop too is a little dangerous for me to yeah. when stuff would come in i'd be like uh, just put this in the back for now and just figure out how I can get it. Totally. You know? So yeah. it's a, I did a lot of wheeling, dealing, and trading. But what I got now out here on the road is kind of, um, it's a dream rig, man. I'm grateful for what I have. Yeah, that's so great, yeah. right? So you start, you know, playing slide, learning slide. It, it, like right away, you, yeah. you're learning how to play slide. Yeah. That was the first thing. It wasn't a G chord or yeah. wow. cowboy chords. It was Side. Yeah, and were you trying to write any songs or anything, or were you just like, nah, I just want to learn Almond Brothers? I was doing, stuff. I was doing like just writing instrumentals and stuff, just kind of figuring out my way around um, the fretboard. And you know, I I went to music school, so I had to take songwriting classes and, right. and do all that. So um, yeah, it was, it was writing. It was a lot of instrumental music, though. And then at what point do you come back to Nashville? Or wait, so you? Yeah. Did you, your family live in Nashville? So and then you went to school in Chicago? Yeah, I went to school in Chicago. They live in, on the East Coast and um, then moved down to Nashville about 10 years ago. And um, that's when I hooked up with Jack Pearson, yeah. who, man, taught me everything I know. Wow. Um, so, uh, and he played in the Almonds uh, from 90, I think 97 to 99. Oh, you were asking me about that yeah. era, yeah. And, man, one of my favorite eras with him and Dickie. And supposedly Dickie Betts hired him 
he's like, we're either taking lessons from this guy or he's joining the band. <laughs> you know? We're taking lessons from the guy. Right. And that so, far deep in their career. Right. And, you know, Dickie and Jack, you know, Jack was a fan of the brothers growing up. So for him to join that band and, um, you know, play that music was special to him. And he taught me all the right ways to play the songs. And, Whoa. you know, he taught me all of the, I know, like my chord inversions and all that and standard tuning. So he, he's a big influence on me, my mentor. My big brother, you know, just uh, my Nashville, you know, he's he's the best in my book. So, so you got the you got the guitar in the case, and then at what point do you get a real guitar? So I got an SG. Oh yeah, you know, Dickie. Or I mean Dwayne. Yeah. And, Was uh, it still, walnut or, or cherry? Cherry. Yeah. I, st I still have it, and uh, just kind of sits at home. And um, was it custom shop or just one of those? Made in USA. Just oh yeah, know. well made in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, it was a good guitar, man. And uh, anyway, yeah, right now I got out on the road, I got a 64 SG Junior. Yeah. The white, Alpine White. And yeah. then I got the 66 non reverse. There's our man. Say hi. I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm going to let you finish, Drew. But Drew Smith is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And that's, com that's coming from what I think is one of the He's greatest guitar favorite. players of all time, yeah, right there. Holy shit, man. You get the SG yeah. now, it's got to be like, oh my God, the plan's so much easier, right? Right. I, well, I love SG, well, especially for slide, because you can get all the way up the neck. Yeah. And you know, like Dwayne on Layla, when he's playing all the way up the fretboard, I mean, it's just easy. It's, you know, you can do that on yeah. an SG pretty easily. So it feels at home for me. I also got a 66 non-reverse Firebird and a couple less Pauls out here. So. And then what about, what was your first, uh, like, real amp? That's a good question. Um, I had that Silvertone amp in yeah. case. And then I got another Silvertone amp at, in Chicago for dirt cheap, 150 200 bucks. I just loved this. I just saw all those old blues guys playing right. those amps and guitars. But I guess the first tube amp, maybe a Vox or something. Oh, Vox, like an AC-15 yeah, or something? like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember. And then I got into the Fender game, so it was like a deluxe, Vibrolux, yeah. Yeah. Super Reverb. Yeah. I love, I, yeah, I got a couple of Fenders at home, which I love. But out here, playing Marcus's killer um, Yeah, this killer. Amps. Sounds so good. They just three great. knobs. I love Three it. knobs, yeah. just easy. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's a volume, bass, and treble. All you need. Yep. You know? <laughs> Think about all those uh, eras of the Allman Brothers and the different amps that were up there, like there was time where Warren was playing like Ingalls or whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah remember and that? there's and Randall amps. Yeah, Randall's, <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, it, and Dickie would go all over the board. He'd be like PRS, then he'd be like... Uh, yeah, he was playing a Strat for a while. Yeah, Strat. Um, Jack was playing a Strat in yeah. that band. Well, he had a... It's at the big house, I think. It's a, It's kind of... I think it's a Strat body with a telly neck. And... Um, yeah, that was his in a Randall amp and a tube screamer. You know, just isn't that wild? Simple man, and it's yeah, like I mean, whatever they played, it just sounded exactly so the good. same as the first fucking live right. live at the film. I know. Well, you know that you know for that record, you know Dwayne was using two fifty watt Marshalls. Yeah, with a Y cable plugged into both, and Dickie was playing the hundred watt. So Dickie's got the headroom. He's got the kind of the cleaner sound, and yeah. Dwayne's kind of you know that dirty and if the the two of them together those tones together were just you know unbeatable in my it, book it's so wild to think about how fucking great those guys were you know Man. and just you know talking about live at the fillmore 
that was just one night yeah. of them playing that, you know, because they would switch the set list up or they'd play differently the next night. Oh, yeah. And everyone goes back to that album and learns those solos. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it was, you know, I don't know. Tom Dowd did it, you know, he having him on board and it was just the perfect amalgamation of the venue, the time. Bill Graham. You know, Bill Graham. Yeah. Just the band at the time touring. So. Oh, especially the deluxe super version. Oh, right. oh my God. We yeah. got like the 34 minute uh, mountain jam. Yeah. Oh, man, if I was there, shit. I, I feel like I always grew up on the, the wrong era. You know? What yeah, I, mean? I don't feel like that, thank God. Because I, uh, although I didn't see the Allman Brothers in that era or Zeppelin or Skinner, I did get everything else, you know? Right. From like 77 to now sure. so you know the acdc the the yep. power age let to be rock the highway to hells the van halen did you yep. get into like eddie and all of that kind of playing or angus not too much i angus because he had an sg i was right. like that's cool um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't the like really heavy guitar players like van halen or you know i obviously respect the hell out of what of they do but i never really got deep into that music but well, it's just um, interesting that you're 33 and you're into music you know well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, guitar music you know yeah. well you know i listen to a lot of different things at home um whether it's jazz albums or you know uh just singer songwriters or it's it's always good to be listening to something new totally you know and totally. and uh so i try to do that and there's a lot of good music out there today you know it's uh I think it's watered down a little bit, but if you if you look, you can find it. You know? Oh, there's so much good yeah. music, you know. I mean, perfect example is this tour we're out on. Neil right. Francis, Ashley Kraft, and Marcus Ashen. King, yeah. and there's all kinds of people in there, and uh, that makes me so happy to think like, we're you know these people are seeking new music. Totally, they are seeking new music, yeah. man. And that's props to Marcus for putting this whole thing together and having you I mean it's a full night of entertainment you know Ashton Kraft great singer songwriter from Nashville who's kind of setting the mood of the show yeah. and then you're coming out and emceeing and telling jokes and then Neil's coming out with his band and killing yeah and um it's funny because I got an old buddy of mine playing drums with Neil Colin O'Brien who we were in our first touring band together back in chicago so this is like another full circle thing. wow what band was that it was called otis it was a seven piece uh funk band that uh just kind of lived in chicago for we were probably on the road for a couple of years and then moved to nashville and fell apart but so it's really great to be back on the road with him and and see he's some, killer they're the whole band man oh yeah that it's the just, fuck band is yeah. great hopefully you know? we can get everybody up Oh, yeah. At the end of the night. Super know. jam. Super jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. At what point when you get to Nashville, first of all, I want to talk to you a little bit about Carter Music because I, I Carter Mu Vintage, yeah. I worked at a guitar store, you mm -hmm. know, real guitars, and there's nothing better than working in a, a guitar store. Man. It, it's distracting, too, because every nickel you're making is... Exactly. You're like... You're, uh, you're just... Putting it back into yeah. the store. Really. Yeah. yeah. Genius of the people that exactly. own the stores. Yeah, put it on. Yeah, you can take yeah. it out of your paycheck. I got no guys problem. working here free. No problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> man. No, I'm, man, the amount of people I've met just uh, That's working there or um, the guitars I've gotten to hold. Yeah. You know, 
it's um it's pretty surreal man and just moving to nashville that was one of my first gigs uh my first gig in nashville was a bar back at the bluebird cafe oh and shit. that's where i met my wife really yeah. The quintessential Nashville story. Yeah, yeah. We should have been the TV show. Yeah. Really. Was she working there too? Or she was. She was a waitress. Wow. Yeah. So um, you didn't read the the rule book. I know. You're not Oops. supposed to date the employees. I know, man. That's why I left shortly <laughs> after that. I started working at Carter's and yeah, yeah. The guitars that I've played, you know, '59 Les Paul. Yeah. And yeah. Dumble amplifier. You know, it's just. Oh yeah, they've had it all. Old acoustic, old Martins, you know. Nothing like working at a guitar store, man. Ma- yeah. Imagine like you know you work at Norms. I know. You know rare guitars. Norms one yeah. of the fucking kings of it all, yep. and he just. I hung out at guitar stores uh, a lot of years. I think maybe on my deathbed they'll be like, you know, you could have had ten more years if you didn't hang at those guitar stores. <laughs> well, you like, showing oh. me pictures of all your old, yeah, know, yeah, beauties that you've had, man. So love it, man. I love guitar. Yeah. I love design. I love uh, music, and I just really love guitars yep. you know um i don't play at all barely at all now because i just i love comedy more than anything and thank god i found something i uh, a new thing to love in life to keep you going yeah you know? man that's awesome yeah that's so yeah cool. motorcycles cars well, architecture I think they'll all keep you young you know? yeah they do and they keep your brain fucking moving right I mean, there was Especially a time. Especially comedy, I'm sure. I mean, that's just, you got to be sharp as a tack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're fucking, your brain's got to be on, right. you know? There was a time where I just knew, I knew every inch of a 52 telly. I knew what was supposed to be there and what's right. not. Yeah. What are the flathead screws? Well, you can yeah. teach me some of that. Yeah, yeah. But it slowly fades away. Right. It was locked in for years. Then I knew everything about a Porsche 911, you know? And then, you know, now it's just so you got to have room for comedy. Right. <laughs> I got I take in all the comedy. And yeah. but I think the good thing about that is when I sit down here and interview people, we can kind of go anywhere totally. uh, in a conversation, you know, because um, if you just know one thing in life, that's cool or whatever. But God, I think your brain stops working after a while. Right. Yeah. You know? Sometimes I, I'm a little guilty of that, just talking guitars all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> to you're my wife 33, dude. I mean, I've been She's there. like, is there anything else that... Oh, uh, yeah. We well, later on, I'm like, somebody... check this out. Check it out. Yeah. Somebody's going to come up to you and be like, hey, what about this? You're like, man, I don't fucking want to talk about guitars. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do, you yeah, know? Yeah, you know. I think there will be a day where that will happen, but... Uh, yeah. You know. Um, It'll be a Speaking long of my wife... Yeah. ...who... Uh, we have a mutual friend in common. Yeah, Jakir King. Jakir King. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Shout out to him, man. Yes, sir. He's uh, he's one of my favorite people and uh, blessed to know him. And, um, you know, done killer a lot producer. Of killer producer. Yeah. Done several sessions with him over the years. And um, he's just, I mean, just one of the best out yeah. there, man. And, uh, yeah, so Sarah works with him now, his one plus one management group and uh who's got some great artists on there um michael MacArthur's record just came out uh two days ago which he's a part of that label and jakir pr- produced that and we had some killer players on that album yeah so he's always What's the other band monster uh, robot monster robot monster yeah, yeah. two piece another killer you yeah. know just young rock and roll band man yeah and yeah. they're doing it and uh really cool they just uh i think they're played their first live shows not too long ago opening for stone temple pilots wow it's yeah. a pretty cool first gig yeah 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 they uh you know they're 
there's a lot of good new rock out, man, you know? Amen. And uh, people like Jakir just kind of seeking it out, you know, yep. seeking out. Uh, like, that's how I found Marcus, and that's how I found Neil Francis. And, and everybody that's, you know, any new artist on here, I just seek it out. Yeah, it's man. like, I'm always looking for, I mean, Marcus, one of the greatest, uh, greatest record, the records of the last few years are some of the best music I've heard in years. He's a triple threat with, yeah. you yeah. know, his voice, his guitar playing and his amazing songs. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, for me to be out here doing it with him and it's a, uh, it's an honor, man. And just having a lot of fun. And, um, this tour is uh, crossing off a lot of bucket list venues. Yeah. You know, yeah, like we're going to do the Ryman. the Ryman. Tabernacle. Uh, tabernacle. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's awesome for you to be out here with us and yeah. doing the thing and making the people laugh and just taking it to the face every <laughs> night <laughs> for us, you know, backstage. We, I mean, hearing music all night can kind of get a little, you know, yeah, draining. Yeah. So you going up there and killing it is, uh, it's, it's special, man. It's, uh, if you guys haven't checked out the tour yet, you guys got to come Hell out. Oh yeah. So, so you get Bishop gun going, how does this band come together? Do you join or do you guys, did, so is a party, did you put it together or how is this? They were a band before and a uh, band from Natchez, Mississippi. And uh, they had a couple of, they're like a, it's a quartet, you know, just rock and roll band. And uh, I guess the guitar player and bass player at the time, they did an EP, like the original lineup. And then the guitar player and bass player didn't want to move up to Nashville. So that's where I met the other guys, and I joined then. And we we're on the road for a good four or five years. Wow! Made some great albums. We recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound Studio. Um, opened for Slash and and the Stones. Opened for Slash. We opened for Slash over in Europe on a tour. It was the Slash and Miles Kennedy uh, right. band. Yeah, Killer. Conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Yep, we did. Uh, did a Guns N' Roses show, yeah. and uh, yeah, also got to open for the Stones. So now, where did you open for the Stones at? NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And how did it happen? <laughs> did your management get it, or how? Actually, um, so Mick did that James Brown movie. Oh, yeah. A couple years ago, Get On Up, or yep. so much And um, they were filming in Natchez, where the Travis and the other guys were living. Travis, the lead singer for Bishop Gunn, um, and... They heard him sing at some bar. You know, he likes to go out and have yeah. a drink. And, you yeah, know, you see in those photos? I mean, that's He's so just at cool, some, man. like, pool hall right. with <laughs> a Coors Light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, how are these people behind you not realize who that, you are? That's my favorite one. But I'll tell you what. Uh, when you just, uh, if you saw Jagger... He'd just be like, oh, look at that guy. Looks like Jagger. Right. Yeah. He looks just That's like all you'd say. Exactly. You know? I have no idea that's actually him. So anyway, they saw him play, and um, Jagger's assistant reached out to Travis a few years down the road and said, hey, can you send me latest record or whatever? Yeah. And supposedly they listened to it, and we were one of the opening bands, man. So grateful for that. Actually, that show... Uh, and Guitar World's a little special, too. Got to play Dwayne's uh, 1957 Gold Top for that that night. My Why buddy, was that guitar there? My buddy Richard Brent, uh, shout out to Richard Brent, he came down and uh, guitar tech for me that night. I just wanted him to be there, and he was like, well, you want to play the Gold Top? And I was like, I Why, did he you. own it or something? He's the curator of the Big House Museum, and he took care of that guitar forever. Whoa. And... Uh, 
I was like, man, I don't want you to travel with it. Like, I just want for you to be here. And, yeah. You know. And he's like, well, I want to hear it in a stadium. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> Is it, what kind of, did he bring it in like a, a flight case? Yeah, it was, um, I, I think so. An Anvil flight I case? I think he bought it a seat on the flight over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I uh, played it that, it actually sold an auction that night. $1.25 million. Wow. So you mean in Houston or was it on a, a worldwide so auction? It was in a worldwide auction for a couple weeks leading up to that gig. Yeah. And so he was like, if it sells before, I won't be able to bring it. Right. And it didn't sell, but it sold that night. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine it sells and then it got broken on the way home oh or stolen? Goodness, oh, goodness, man. Shit. <laughs> but they, everybody, you know, Marcus has played that guitar several times and they're pretty... Uh, gracious of letting people well, that's play cool. that. So yeah. it's a piece of history, man. It's the Layla guitar. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun getting to open for the Stones, obviously, and 50,000 people and um, and getting to meet them, too. Who has Sweetheart. his burst? His daughter. His daughter has the burst? Yeah. Both of them, I think. Whoa. Yeah. God, that one's so unusual. I know. Because it's got the reverse Chevron flames. Right. And then it's the a dark one you're it's, talking yeah, about. Yeah, the dark yeah. burst. Yeah. And, and then it has the weird kind of almost, sometimes it looks purpley. Yeah, you know? that's a flamey guitar. And yeah. people don't know, I don't know if people know if it's a, if it's a 58 or 59, because I don't know if there's a stinger on the back of the neck or it's just kind of the serial number's not there or whatever. But, right. Um, supposedly that's the one, you know, Dwayne kept trading up. He had the gold top first, you know, which is the, the whole Layla record besides the coda of Layla. Yeah. So that was recorded a couple weeks later. And he had gotten the cherry burst by then. Yeah. So, but he had put the gold top pickups in that guitar. So same pickups, different guitar for the end of Layla. Oh, man. And then, you know, he traded for the dark burst a few months before he passed. So Wait, people say that's the best one. That he, did know. the dark burst, did he play it on the uh, Fillmore recording? That was the cherry one. Yeah. Oh, that's the cherry. The closing of the Fillmore, he would have, that's when he got that guitar. Right. Oh, wow. Um What's the one with the frets on the back? The dark burst? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's weird because that's the one they reissue. Right. And I just thought that that was... Because I got a bootleg and it's him playing it on the cover, yep. you know? Yep. I just thought he played that his whole career and then the uh, SG sat over there. Right. Dickie got sick of him tuning to open E, supposedly. So he's like, here, just use this guitar for open E. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. When you listen to those bootlegs and they're tuning for 20 minutes. I, I love it. Oh, I mean, oh. just because it's, they're all human, you know, oh, and it's know. just fun to, you know, your heroes just like trying to figure out, like, yeah. almost in tune. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, it's man. Yeah. I remember w once you get out on the road, there's just this rule, pre-tuners, now everybody has a tuner, right. but it's like, hey, no high volume tuning. Right. <laughs> You're on stage, soundtrack. You know, they weren't using there. any pedals. No. You know what I mean? No they pedals. They couldn't stomp on their tuner and, oh, and be no. quiet. They're I like, know. hey, Greg, hit me a G. I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's close enough, man. Close enough, yeah. All right, here yeah. we go. It's Elizabeth Reed right here. <laughs> In right. some key. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, Bishop Gunn was rolling for a while, and then it just kind of fell apart. It fell apart. Unfortunately, it was a great band, great potential, and uh, fell apart before the pandemic, and... Um, you know, and then here we are a couple of years later. During the pandemic, you know, the band kind of falls apart. Pre-Marcus, were you like auditioning for bands or trying to get into something? I was or? doing a lot of sessions yeah. in Nashville during that time. Because, I mean, there wasn't really any touring going on. Right, of course. And uh, so, yeah, Jakir, 
you know, we're doing a lot of stuff with Jakir, and um, he's got this great thing called the K Club, and it's just uh, a bunch of his, you know, musician buddies that are and him that are writing these tunes, and he's just putting them out uh, under the oh, K Club. Wow, um, which is cool. Um, lots of diverse music on there. Anything from like kind of like a a rap track with Dobro on it to like a full band killing it. So it's, it's a cool project that he's doing. Uh, so I did some of those sessions over the pandemic and then, um, things started picking back up. I mean, man, I guess it was a year and a half ago or something, Yeah, you know, during the summers, like things are starting to open again. And so I was doing, um, random things here and there. And, uh, cause obviously, obviously I had time and, you know, wanted to gig again. And, uh, but no band. So then I got, um, did some gigs with Blackberry Smoke last summer, which oh, yeah. was awesome. Uh, what else did I do? I got to play on a Robin Ford record, which wow. was cool. Another hero of mine. And, uh, and then, yeah, so then I was out on the road with the Blackberry Smoke, and I remember getting a text from Marcus. This is sometime in November, saying, hey, what are you doing New Year's Eve? I was like, well, nothing, man. What are you doing? And he's like, well, come play. You know, we're doing the hometown throwdown in Greenville, Missis- or Greenville South Carolina. Where right. From. And I was like, cool, I'll be there. And because uh, he's got this new record out, which is kind of more rock and roll. Yeah, young blood. Guitars. And uh, so he sent me 55 tracks around there. 55? Yeah, all the, you know, everything from his first record to, to now. So he wanted you to learn all that and just sit in for the whole night? Yeah, Did yeah, you think you were play. joining or yeah, no? just to play the, the whole night. Right. You know? And uh, so I, you know, I did that, and uh, here we are, like, you know, nine months later, man. So wow, it's uh, it's been a blast, and it's been a busy year too, you know. So I'm oh grateful God, for that, right? And, uh, grateful to my woman at home who understands that, you know, got to do what I got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and you got a baby. Yes, sir. And yeah, twenty-one I mean, months. I, I, I miss my dog. My dog. I, I miss mean, my dog too. I, I can't dog. even imagine. <laughs> like, I definitely miss uh, humans. Yes, you know? right. Of course. But uh, yeah. grateful for FaceTime and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, being able to do that and trying to just get on a routine where I can talk to him in the morning or before he goes to bed before the gig. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, say good night and, uh, but yeah, man, he's he's sprouting. It's crazy. I can't wait to see him. It's nice that this tour kind of lands in Nashville halfway through. I know. So you'll be able to meet her and yeah. him. And a little bump. We get a little, like, yeah. you get to see some family exactly. and friends. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's when I was your age, I toured a lot. And now I'm, uh, you know, fucking old, 56. And you I love. You got it, man. I You're, love I love comedy, though. Right. Because you get to go home each week. Right. You know? Right. So but with comedy, man, that must be, I mean, see, we're out here with a seven-piece band and crew, right. and, yeah. you know, you're never really alone. Right, right. But right. with comedy, yeah. you're doing it solo. You're out there by yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean... Perfect for only child. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was saying? Like... Yeah, I don't have to worry about, oh, this guy's drunk tonight. Uh, this guy's not into it. You right, know, right. You, when you get into the wrong band, like everybody in the Marcus King band is so into it. You don't yeah, hear any right. any complaints. No, we're all in it for the same reason. Yeah, you know? and it's just, I mean, you can tell That's you're important. into it because the sets are two and two and a half hours. Right. Uh, the contract is 90 minutes. You don't need to be up <laughs> there. Yeah, no, but I'm saying... Yeah. If you didn't like it, you'd be 90 minute mark. Damn, oh, we're exactly. done. Thank you. Good night. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we want to play, man, and it's no. uh, 
everyone out here is just kill i mean the band's on fire right now oh my god yeah. i think yeah so. oh, it is yeah though the beacon second night was just crazy man mark's dad uh, uh, sat in mark's dad marv and uh, Nigel Hall. Oh, Nigel Hall killing it over there. Miller, I've been a fan of his for years, so that was really fun to play with him. And, uh, and uh, man, we got to get you up on guitar. I know. I want to sing. What yeah. are you going to sing? You, well, you we're trying to figure it out, oh, okay. you know? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to sing. Hell yeah. You know? Well, you can always play my guitars if you want. Nah, nah. I've, I haven't played guitar in years. I just played... To me, guitar was just a, a tool to write songs right, with. Right. Like, a, you know, like a... Like a Springsteen or, you know. Do you know. play any other instrument? you play piano? No. Yeah, no. just guitar. No, I mean, I could f you figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but it was always just, uh, I only learned so I could write songs. Because yeah, I man. was always a, a, a slave to whoever else's songwriting. Right. And I'd write the lyrics and melodies, but it'd always be like, nah, I'm not, I hear it like this or, you know, whatever. Do you do a lot of co-writing? <clears throat> Uh, I used to, yeah, yeah. man. I, I mean, I could do it right now because right. I can write songs like real fast. Right. It's like, kind of. Uh, do you relate it to like coming up with a bit? Is it? Now bits are uh, harder because to me, if I got a guitar, I'm just strumming it in a house. A song will come out. Right. Where bits, I got to be on stage. Totally. That's uh, that's how I write. Some people write right. bits yeah. at home. Yeah. There's, there's different writing. There's right. guys that can write. Especially one-liner guys. Or well, you got to go try them out. Yeah, you got to go try them out. And I just kind of uh, have some ideas. Then I get on stage and I, I start to find it. You know, it's like yeah. panning for gold. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, you're killing it out here, man. It's I did a so lot fun. of lyric writing like that, too. I wouldn't really, until I was under the gun in the studio. Like, all that right. Makes sense. We got to fucking get these right. lyrics. I would have the choruses and shit, but, right. you know. The main idea. Yeah. Just, yeah, try to find it, you know, which is always uh, great. Or you could crash and burn, you know, or you come up with shit, you know. Well, it's nice to have another set of ears, like, listening or maybe try this or, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the natural thing, like, the co-writing and, and yeah. all that. But, um, you know. Yeah, I'd never co-write a joke, you know. That's just not yeah, like, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, say this. Well, that's your <laughs> life, dude. I know, but it'd be funny, man. Right. This happened to me today. You just say it happened to you. It's like, nah. no. I feel like people could see through. You know that. how fake that would right. be. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, well, hell, man, it's been great to. Uh, we were like ten days uh, in. Just Today's the seventh gig. Yeah, just yeah. getting started. Really? Just like, look at each day. I'm like, man, it feels like we've been out three weeks. It has. Yeah. We got a day off tomorrow, so that's. Nice. Oh man, Detroit. What are you gonna do on your day off? Sleep. Yeah. 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 You turn off the lights, you know, get under the covers. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Cry. <laughs> Cry a little. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, um, do some reading, maybe play a little bit. Who knows? Maybe we should go out and grab a bite. Let's um, do that. There's some good food in Detroit. Yeah. There's that one little hipster area where uh, Shinola is and shit. Man, you know, I've never been to Soul Town. Oh, let's go there. That'd be fun. Yeah. If we're close, we should definitely yeah, do Yeah, let's do something. Yeah. Well, it's great to talk to you. Hey. Tell everybody where to find you. Thanks, Dean. Uh, my socials are at the Drew Smithers on Instagram, and um, you can find me there. Uh, you know, I need to be better about social media, though. You're yeah. really good at it. You got to do it, dude. I got to do because, it. Because, you know, it's the only way, as cheesy as this fucking sounds, but to build your brand. Right, totally. But, you know, you get, um, you get the world aware of you, 
and you, you know you're able not just for Jakir but others you know situations play on people's records yep. uh, 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 manufacturers get amps and, and guitars and pedals yep. in your hand yep. Amen. and because you know it's you have to have multiple irons in the fire. I wouldn't even be surprised if you still worked at Carter Vintage, you know, like it, sometimes that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You got to fucking you go home a good job like that, man. I had a good job, you know, like when you when you could, uh, you know, work at Har. I worked at Harley so when cool. I started comedy and they were just cool. They're like, I get it. You're going to be gone right. all weekend. You know, you got a good job and uh eventually you hope you never have to go back to it but if it's right. a job it's cool that you can go back yeah. to you know carter's is walter and chris are like my natural mom and dad so you know yeah whenever i'm back in town they're like if you need to come in just come in you know yeah that's great but sometimes when i get off the road it's like i'm just gonna stay put at home oh yeah hang with the fam yeah for a couple of days before i go back out so i get it yeah um, thanks for having me on, man. But yeah, you can also find me out here on the road with Dean Del Rey and the Marcus King Band. And uh, the Young Blood Tour is going for another, I mean. Yeah, four or five weeks. Yeah, man. And we're all over. Uh, you can check my website, deandelrey.com, if you want. And uh, also, I want to say uh, this episode is brought to you by my fantastic sponsor, Standard and Strange. And uh, the, all my clothing comes from Standard and Strange. I was just there in New York City with them. And oh my God, what a store. They got one in Oakland. Is that and, the leather? Yeah, they had Man. the leathers. Did you see the video I put up of Man. all the. Yeah, it's. There's. Look. If you're into high quality, fine clothing, uh, Japanese clothing like the real McCoys, or, or if you're into great high end denim or boots, you just go in this shop. They got it all. They got it all. You don't need to go anywhere else. Man. I mean, it is like my, I have a podcast called The Grail, and uh, the artwork is me walking by a shop that has everything I love. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. But, but that's this, this is store is pretty much there, minus to. the guitars and like Porsches, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Standard and strange. Uh, hit them on Instagram. And Neil and Jeremy are just unbelievable. And it was great to go there. That's cool. And uh, I just love the guys. They're, they're absolutely like just fucking great humans makes the company that much you right the company that much more that's why i want them to uh they're not paying for this ad i just shout them out non-stop because it. i just love them so thank you everybody that came out to our new york shows our uh columbus ohio our philly our boston yeah. our dc show yeah yeah candles are lit thank you drew for doing hey, the thanks, show Dean. Appreciate and you, uh it's been uh, a pleasure to watch you play every night thanks and man. here you over there just fucking laying down the slide appreciate you man till right. next time yep all right guys see you later